Mm, hey, hey, what's up on the Thoughtcast? Conversations about animation. Let's be a little quickie today. Uh, I think a little thawed chat, uh, as we've done once before on this feed. Uh, just a uh, grab bag of pop culture topics. Uh, this is your host, Philip Elke. I'm up here in northern Minnesota today, joined by Bridget in Georgia. We've been doing this a bit more frequently now, so appreciate you being willing to uh, participate. And yeah, just wanted to catch up on some things, some maybe some drop threads from our previous episode, that being uh, this, our Sonic the Hedgehog episode. Very fun, very, I don't know, kind of loose in our discussion of that film. But, you know, we're not here to just completely dissect dead or unconscious uh, alien hedgehogs on the show, would you say? <laughs> No, certainly not. We, we do so much more. <laughs> do much more than that. Uh, so today is, yeah, just going to be kind of a, a simple brief chat on some things that, that piqued my attention last week during the discussion. Um, so, so Bridget, uh, you, you mentioned being at a convention and there were people selling art, as people are wont to do at uh, conventions on on the artist floor, the art the artist gallery. There's usually like a sales floor that has specifically you know branded merch, maybe some yeah. yeah. And then there's the, the artist alley, the artist alley where people sell their handmade stuff or hand you know drawn, painted, what have you. But there were people selling AI generated art, which fascinates me that the people ever thought they could get. But of course, they'll try to do anything at these conventions, I imagine. So what was that like? So I actually so I haven't got to go to a con where I saw AI art, but mm -hmm. some of the groups that I'm in, because I do go to some of the closer ones like in Atlanta and stuff like that, where they're the bigger ones like MomoCon. Um They've actually already stated, you know, when Linsa and all those things started taking off and people were putting AI art kind of all over social media, people were worried, specifically artists who, you know, that's how they make their money, that people were going to, like people who are not artists are just going to put some stuff in a generator and bring it mm -hmm. to these places and try to sell them for money. And then again, you know, takes away from people who are actually, you know, slaving away doing all the drawings and stuff. Yeah. So they're like, yeah. So they, I guess they were going, um, at least in the local ones here, they were going to the people who are setting up everything mm -hmm. and being like, Hey, like, are you going to allow this? Like you really shouldn't because this isn't like they're making money off of something they didn't even do. Mm -hmm. So a lot of them now have rules where they're like, yeah, no, if you didn't create the art yourself, then you can't sell it. So no AI art, at least at the ones around here. Uh, it's an interesting, I don't know, phenomenon with the artist alley, because a lot of these people are just selling um, fan art, essentially prints that they've composed of uh, copyrighted characters essentially uh, ip but i don't know i guess they get away with it because uh it's it's pretty small time i guess <laughs> yeah so i actually like on my wall right here i have yeah. uh, a sailor moon and i have a nezuko and zanitsu from demon slayer but mm -hmm. it's like their asian like school girl school boycott like outfits mm -hmm. and they're like sharing a soda mm -hmm. so it's like i guess they don't mind in that sense, if people are taking, I guess maybe as long as they're not taking credit for making the character, they don't get hit with like any kind of 
copyright because like Demon Slayer has outsold like the manga itself has outsold apparently all of like comics put together that's ever been sold Demon Slayer manga has sold more it's a fun wow. statistic that's impressive yeah so uh, it's like I mean Demon Slayer is a really popular anime right now yeah. and so I'm like you would think that if they were concerned they would do something but I guess <laughs> I guess as long as you're not like I made this character it's mine you can't really I guess they won't do anything about it I'm not sure it's it's a fine line because um yeah policing of fans you know it is something that i think has become less prevalent because of the the you know you don't want to create a chilling effect on the fan base you want to foster people's enthusiasm for the property get them more i mean um maybe they're spending you know a few dollars here and there on fan art that doesn't go directly to the you know, publisher of the the manga or the anime, but um, it at least keeps kind of that fan fervor alive, and and that inevitably, you know, some of that will filter up to um, licensed merchandise or you know, paying for yeah the 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 real product. So I think oh, yeah, that's like, just yeah, it's all part of the fandom ecosystem. Yeah, I have my poster that is a Demon Slayer brand thing. I have okay yeah. the the four main character Funko Pops from Demon Slayer. So I'm like, I buy things that are licensed, but I also like cute art that yep. is not like how they're seen in the show. So I'm like, you can't really be too mad. That's not what they look like. No, <laughs> allowing influencers to kind of be self sustaining and um, you know ha earn a little bit of. Uh, a reward for the fan. I mean, I, I've recently watched some coverage of these topics and how fandom is kind of a unpaid, I don't know, workforce in some ways for for these large uh, corporations that hold these properties. So uh, yeah, it's it's, uh, it's just I guess a good way to kind of allow um, the enthusiasts to. Um, to get a little back for their hard work. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's like, you know what? Yeah, you guys do this. So people will want to like watch more and buy more. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But the whole AI thing, yeah, that that's a little, yeah, sketchy. I mean, there, there's minimally some creative input that goes into these images that get generated just because, you know, a person has to come up with the prompting or the, the, um, AI art app to uh, to base the their drawing off of, <laughs> but beyond just typing in a few words, that's that's I mean basically no effort compared to what a real fan artist does when composing a piece. So yeah, it's, it's silly that anyone would ever think that it's legitimate to um, to set up a booth and sell art based on just a few you know keyword prompts put into an AI image generator uh, for and and try to and say that you should earn the same amount as, as somebody who's poured, you know, thousands of hours into learning a craft. Well, yeah. And I mean, it kind of goes back to what we were talking about last episode, where it's like, mm -hmm. you know, everyone wants to be an entrepreneur. Everybody wants to, you know, make money and get out there and people buy their stuff. But I'm like, but it's not really yours if you just typed in a couple words. Like, that's, that's not yours. <laughs> so like, because I mean, we, when we go to cons, like, Honestly, I probably spent most of my money just buying art. Like we have mm -hmm. a good bit of like art and things that we have bought at cons. 
And so it's like, I don't know, I like to support the artist and I also like to display the stuff because it's cute. It's yeah. cute and it makes my room cool. So I like looking at it. <laughs> I mean, I totally see the appeal in taking shortcuts, you know, like <laughs> a few keystrokes versus uh, hundreds upon hundreds of brush strokes on Photoshop. I mean, what a what a great trade off. Sometimes that's how it works when you go from being kind of in the grind in the uh, trenches of film production and then you you put it you pay your dues and then work your way up into the head offices of the studio and now you're just kind of green lighting things and signing off on things as a head honcho producer uh <laughs> sometimes it is sort of that level of disparity in workload you know in i guess just sheer you know f uh you know sweat equity <laughs> required towards uh you know what you do as your job once you get into the upper management but i don't know usually once you make it that far you have put in kind of the time and you've you've paid you know but i don't know people like to crap on uh on you know overpaid executives how they you know <laughs> they don't uh they don't necessarily you know, know how to appreciate the hard work that their uh, subordinates are are actually contributing. So there, there's a yeah, there's a weird you know capitalism once again. <laughs> uh, <laughs> My favorite topic. <laughs> a, a weird disparity, yeah. Uh, that 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 does manifest within legitimate business, you know, quote unquote legitimate business. Uh, <laughs> well, yeah, that's like I, earlier I was uh, talking to Godfrey about Amazon Prime. And it's actually something I've talked with my friends about, too, because they have kind of moved away from being like, oh, two day free delivery always. Mm -hmm. And now it's like loosely like, oh, it's free two day delivery, but it's from when they ship it out. So it's not I'm going to buy it today and get it in two days. It's I'm going to buy it and I might get it in five days. And so I'm like, why am I paying money if it's not a two day delivery? And so we were, we were talking about that and like, you know, and it was like, yeah. oh, well, hopefully, you know, they're like, when they're having that extra wiggle room, maybe the workers are getting more time to take breaks. And I'm like, honey, this is capitalism. <laughs> <laughs> you know, they are not doing anything differently. <laughs> well, I mean, it's maybe a start because, yeah. yeah, I, I think we used to get like two day delivery, even up here where I live in the boondocks fairly regularly and now i'm utter under utterly no illusion that i'm ever going to see a two-day <laughs> delivery on a package you know unless i were to like pay you know 30 bucks to overnight something but um i'm it's fine you know i i like the idea of uh, you know that placebo effect of free shipping <laughs> although there's no such thing as free shipping uh, <laughs> But you know, five days for some, I can I can reacclimate myself to that if it means uh, you know a potentially better standard of living for you know some some people you know who are slaving away in the workforce. Um, you know, if it means moving towards a more equitable um, you know division of labor, you know, between the you know just crazy. Um, you know, policies of Amazon that have led to us, you know, expecting this sort of unrealistic turnaround time for our shipping, 
and uh, and now people realizing that uh, that's just not a very sustainable model, especially if we don't want Amazon to become, you know, an illegal monopoly. Yeah. And that's like, well, and the thing that's always so crazy to me is that oftentimes, and maybe, you know, it is because of like, you know, the internet and us having access to more things is that, that there are times that I'm like looking for something specific and I cannot find it in a store. I yeah. have to order it from Amazon. I have to order it online. And so like, it's like, I get it, but I, I would much prefer to go to a store and buy the thing, but it's like, oh, we have it, but it's online. And I'm like, but I want it. I like especially if it's like something coming up for like a kid's party or something. I'm like, I need this in a couple of days. And so I go to Amazon and then they're like, mm, you'll get it in five. And I'm like, if you guys would stop offering on Amazon, maybe they have it in the store. <laughs> yeah. Like, it, and it's so hard to find like specialty stores. I feel mm -hmm. like nowadays you have Walmart and target and all those things. And then you might have like a local store that might sell something like that. Maybe. And then maybe yeah. like party city and in regards to like, party stuff that's usually my thing that i'm ordering last minute so <laughs> yeah if i ever wanted something specialty that i wanted to pick up in store you know, i'd have to research where i could even find a place like that and the nearest place you know from where i live is twin cities minneapolis st paul area typically you know maybe fargo moorhead or you know duluth but um, yeah, I mean, there, there are little boutique stores around here, too. But at least the Internet serves as a good uh, database for locating some of these outlets where you can go to a physical location, have that sensory experience of picking something up in person, which the Internet doesn't offer. You know, I mean, it could ne can never do so through just the virtual portal of a screen. Yeah. Uh, I guess AI or, or um, sorry, the Art of, what, what am I thinking of? Uh, virtual, <laughs> virtual reality. Yeah. <laughs> uh, virtual reality shopping, which I'm sure is, you know, the thing that you see plastered up on, you know, promotions for the metaverse. Oh, you can, it's like you're actually in the store. It's like, whatever, <laughs> who wanted this? <laughs> All these silly ideas of what technology can do to revolutionize our lives. Like, no, I don't have any desire to use Alexa or any voice assistant. You know, these these personal, whatever they're called. Um, they're like echo like, assistants. Yeah. yeah, we have Alexa. We're an Alexa household. Yeah. And honestly, it started because of my Nana. She bought me an Alexa and I don't, I have some friends who use it for everything. And it's like hooked in their house. Mine is mainly just podcasts and music when I'm in the shower. That's my main thing. And sometimes like a recipe, you can actually watch Netflix though and Amazon Prime on the ones with the screens because I do have one of those in my kitchen okay. <laughs> I slowly yeah, became I was like I don't need one and then now I have like four so yeah there's you know all they're all different ones for different things you know different devices and if you I guess want to keep things simple then you have to just outfit your house all one brand just so you're not using multiple different voice assistants it's just a, well yeah and they have like an app I have an app on my phone so like my yeah. daughter has one in her room and hers like has an alarm that goes off in the morning, tells her when we need to leave, tells her the weather so she knows how to dress. I'm like, so it's nice because then I don't have to go up there and tell her every morning. Yeah. But I'm like, <laughs> eh, I get like I could probably do some more stuff, but it's fine. <laughs> I'm yeah, tired. Hey, Siri, okay. Hey, Google. I, I sometimes talk to my Google Home if I wanted to, I don't know, play white noise or something uh, mm -hmm. or lower the brightness. I don't know. Um 
because I, I use that as a thermometer in my room. Yeah, <laughs> just, yeah let, let Google spy on me just in my bedroom. I mean, whatever. I, I don't really care so much, but I just think it's um, inconvenient to, to talk to these devices that half the time aren't going to know what you're even talking about. At least with me, because I don't really speak human. So, <laughs> oh no, no, no! Don't you are not alone. Yeah. Because the one yeah. in my bathroom, I think it may, maybe it's gotten like clogged up with steam and stuff, and it's just broken at this point. Mm-hmm. I I like to listen to morbid because okay. I'm a morbid person. Yeah. And so I'll get in the shower, and I'm like, you know what's going to make this nice and relaxing? An episode of morbid. And so I'll I will be like, hey Alexa, play morbid podcast when I'm on music, and it. I swear to you, every time it's like playing morbid curiosities. And I'm like, that's not what I said. No, no. What do you mean? That is not what I asked for. And I'm like, no, morbid podcast. And she'll be like, Mormon Chronicles. And I'm like, Jesus, I'll, I'll be yelling. <laughs> Godfrey will come in there and he's like, are you okay? And I'm like, she's stupid. She won't play what I want. <laughs> that, yeah, that's exactly my problem. They're they're still too it stupid. Sucks. You know, yeah. once once they're at C-3PO level, then maybe I can deal with it. But for now, they're off. Yeah. And I'm like, I'm like, I don't have that much of an accent. You should understand morbid. Yeah. And it just it, she just gives me whatever she feels like at the time. Come back to me in 2040, you know? <laughs> yeah. I yell at her for 20 minutes and then she plays morbid podcasts like I asked her to. So. <laughs> yeah. Whatever. I And, you know, my uh, GPS, like I I've given over. 15,000 rides on rideshare, uh, Lyft actually exclusively. I, I don't really, you know, have anything against Uber. I, that's just, I, I didn't want to split time between Uber and Lyft when I lived in LA. So it's just like, I'll just stick with the one and I'll, I'll get the weekly bonuses and stuff for, you know, hitting a certain ride threshold. And that, that wouldn't have been practical to do if I were trying to do both. Oh, and I, I did do the, the Lyft, um, the their express drive program or whatever where you rent a car through uh through lyft and that that worked out really well because if i didn't do that my insurance would have just been astronomical especially considering i had gotten into an accident and so paying for a commercial policy for doing ride share on top of you know paying for that accident you know it would have meant like five hundred dollars a month in just insurance for my car so yeah this is much more practice yeah i don't think i don't i feel like i do feel like people have like a loyalty to like uber or lyft mm-hmm. honestly i don't know here like everything everything is kind of like it is there are parts of city where i'm at mm-hmm. but everything is like kind of suburban and rural so taking like an Uber or a Lyft, like it's like a 30 minute ride. And I'm like, you know what? I, I'll just be the DD. Like I'm not, I'm not doing all that. So I don't think I've taken one in years probably. Okay. Yeah. And I mean, even that that's becoming less and less um, practical for people, uh, you know, a, a bit um, cost prohibitive, I think, just because of the the rapid expansion of, you know, the, the, artificially deflated prices just to try to get these apps off the ground and, and all that. But uh, that being said, like the my use of GPS when I was driving for Lyft um, was always silent. I never I never have the voice that would drive me crazy. <laughs> I, I, I would go too. off the road uh, intentionally. My husband's like, she's not talking. And I'm like, I don't want to hear her. <laughs> I can see the screen. I can train my I can train eye to one eye to 
go off it. Actually, I've, I've read that you can't cause your eyes to go in two opposite directions. You can like go cross-eyed, but the other way is uh, it's not supposed to happen. If it does, it's a sign of a sphere, you know, neurological oh. disorder or something. <laughs> <laughs> it's like you have something wrong if this happens to you. <laughs> yeah. yeah. One of, and that's my thing, because I always feel like the GPS waits till the last minute to tell me anything. It's mm. like, oh, hey, in half a mile, you have this. And then it's like, all right, turn, turn, turn. And I'm like, why didn't you tell me? Yeah. Why did you wait so long? I had to get over before then. No, yeah. I'll just try to yeah, stay a couple steps ahead by looking at the the route as, a, as it appears on the screen. And, and it just takes some getting used to driving around whatever area that you're driving for these rideshare apps. No, but, I'll uh, tell you, the DoorDash lady hit my car. So. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> yeah, she was DoorDashing. Um, she was actually, apparently the GPS within the app was not working. So she was playing with her phone. But she wasn't playing with it. But she was messing with her phone, trying to find the GPS address in her actual GPS while she was driving. Mm -hmm. And then she crashed into the back of me. So, which, yeah, it's like the insurance had to take a second because they were like, oh, well, she was door dashing. And they, I don't know what they had to figure out. Uh, maybe it was DoorDash liable. Maybe mm -hmm. I guess that's what they had to figure out. I don't know. Mm -hmm. It was, I still don't have my car back. So it's, <laughs> I'm like, I'd never get my car back. I don't think. <laughs> No, what? So, yeah, that's still your reason for not having a, a car at the moment is, is this DoorDash incident. That's crazy. Oh, yeah. I, so, I, I still have the rental. Oh, okay. But I've okay. had the rental since like December 19th. Jeepers. It's a really long time. And they actually, they were like, oh, the date's going to be the 31st that it'll be done. And I was like, cool, I'm going to get my car back this week. And then they're like, haha, just getting the 8th. I was like, <laughs> give me my car back. Cause I have to like, you know, I have kids and stuff. And when it's my own car, if they like mess something up or they put their greasy little handprints on stuff, it's fine. I'm like, whatever, I'll clean it later. But with this, I'm like very meticulously cleaning this car every day. Like, this is no way to live. I do not live like this. Uh, so I'm like always cleaning the car because I don't want them to mess anything up. Cause I'm like, you mess something up. Like one of them threw something and it hit the window. And I was like, I swear, if you chip that window, I'm going to fight you. So it's been a fun time. Uh, I don't want a rental car anymore. No. Yeah, everything's kind of just a little bit slower, a little bit, um, you know, <laughs> eased back a bit after kind of the um, halcyon years of all the app services, the gig economy exploding. And, I, I you know, we've realized that these things aren't exactly, they, they were built on some faulty promises um, I just watched the show We Crashed on App um, Apple TV Plus. Uh, do you, you have Apple TV, right? No, no, that's the one thing I don't have. You, I probably you have, should. Do you have an iPhone? Mm -mm. No, I'm Samsung. No way. Okay. Yeah, I used to have iPhones, but they didn't have expandable hard or like the expandable storage, so I, I switched over to Samsung. Okay. And now we're a Samsung house. <laughs> Yeah, I, Jared Leto and Anne Hathaway, and they play uh, play these um, entrepreneurs who start the company WeWork. Are you familiar with WeWork? Mm -hmm. uh, they've got lots of locations, or they still exist, um, but it was just a shared office space concept. Uh, yeah. I do. I do know about that. I lie. I do know about that because they talked about, there was a person who actually had stuff here in Augusta. Mm -hmm. um when i was still in college 
because they were looking for an assistant. And I was like, hey, you can hire me. <laughs> but, uh... Nice. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, I've, I don't think I've ever been in a WeWork, but I've seen the buildings and yeah, it's, like they just were so ambitious in their expansion, um, eventually becoming like the largest tenant in New York City or in Manhattan. They had the or maybe even the largest property owner or something, just something insane. Um, you know, this guy, uh, Newman, Adam Newman, you know, became one of the richest people in the world just for a brief time, you know, was, you know, what he was valued as his, you know, total net worth. Uh, but it was, yeah, it was built on house of cards. <laughs> because <laughs> it's just, he kept on whenever somebody would try to give him a reality check, he would um, counter it with the inverse of, you know, what a conventional, um, you know, consultant would do uh, instead of kind of uh, backing down, he would, you know, it, it, every time it's just, he would double down and double down and double down until it finally just crashed. <laughs> because yeah, it he blew was, up in his face. <laughs> yeah, he had no concept for it. And there, there were really these you know, big time hippie, you know, I just had kombucha today, so I can't talk, but it's like, yeah, kombucha guzzling yoga, yes. you know, <laughs> flaunting yeah uh she, his wife was she her dream was to, like start this school called we grow i think that's maybe still a thing because they they were able to get the rights to we grow back after they were ousted um but it was you know the cons you know um what do they call these you know th there's certain terms but you know charter schools where it's mm -hmm. very freeform concept <laughs> uh, like a co-op yeah and uh, yeah the, i think there's a uh like a patron saint person who you know, sort of in instigated this type of learning that i can't type and talk at the same time unfortunately I just learned. <laughs> well i looked it up just <laughs> out of curiosity cool. and apparently the fees yeah. to go there were like forty two thousand dollars like a year that makes so oh, his holy list, the holiness, the Dalai Lama and Mother Nature were not on staff. This is interesting. Mm -hmm. Okay, yeah. So it's like a holistic approach. I do see that because um in the area there are some like homeschool groups, and they usually are like homeschool co-ops mm -hmm. and they like get together a few times a week. So you don't have to teach your kid by yourself all week, I guess. <laughs> um, oh yeah, they wanted to feed children's souls and unleash every person's superpower. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. focused on conscious entrepreneurship, yoga, weekly field trips to the Newman's Upstate Farm, podcasting, and other mind-expanding pursuits. Look, we're part of We Grow. Look at us. <laughs> podcasting. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's like homeschooling, you know, just, yeah, co-op yeah. co homeschooling, I guess, yeah, what you're talking about. But, um, yeah, it's yeah, just a really expensive one uh-huh <laughs> yeah a very expensive uh, one because they said it's kind of like a they're like it's kind of like a homeschool but it's kind of like a private school at the same time that's interesting this is probably something that's only growing more and more too i, I just uh have you seen megan i creepy doll i know i've seen bits i've seen stuff about it i haven't watched the actual movie but i have watched stuff about it yeah like I mean, her viral tiktok dance 
Yeah, it's it's become like a viral movie, which is kind of fun. It's it's really taken off as a, a, a sort of a phenomenal hit. You know, it's PG-13, so... Yeah, I've seen people. I've seen people say they like it. More accessible to a younger audience because of the, you know, the rating. It's not super violent or gory or anything. It, I think it was originally cut to be a an R-rated film, but um, just trimmed down to appeal to a younger audience. You know, the doll's kind of a, a neat idea, and there's like a viral dance. That's how you sell a movie nowadays, is have it blow up on TikTok. Oh, well, that's, we went to, my daughter had a dance last Friday, and it was bring like a parent or somebody, and so I went with her, and they played so many TikTok viral stuff. Okay. Like the kids were doing the um, the Wednesday dance and they played both of the songs that she like dances to because there's one on TikTok that's different. Because what's the other one called? The Goo Goo Muck or something like that. I I've never there's used two TikTok. different songs. Well, no, it well it was in the Wednesday show, okay. so it's the two oh, different I songs. Seen it. Yeah. Okay, it, so if you <laughs> if you watch it, you'll know it. But yeah, <laughs> yeah there's two songs, and all the kids were doing the the Wednesday dance, and I was like, where 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 am I? What is happening? <laughs> I'm like, what happened to the cha-cha slide? They didn't even play the wobble, and I was disappointed. Well, the thing is, like, this girl's having to be taken care of by her aunt, and, her, you know, her aunt's a, uh, you know, toy designer, you know, a, a very kind of brilliant um, tech inventor. Uh, but this girl's like, I I don't want to go back to school. I'm I'm learning so much just on my own, you know, and, and I, I suppose this this aunt has the resources to just keep a curriculum going, you know, with without um you know having to enroll her in in a you know formal institution, uh, you know, access to all this uh, cool tech and stuff. So I mean I'm sure she would get a pretty well rounded in education outside of those traditional means uh so she but she does enroll her uh niece in one of those you know co-op charter schools um but yeah it's it's like uh yeah that's, it seems to be more and more i and i think it's the sort of thing where uh human beings psychologically uh often don't respond well to certain pressures uh, namely like the pressure of uh, graduated um, matriculation in, in the way that it's implemented in, in our educational system. You know, you're going from one, you know, the grade, you know, to the next. And it's like, there's this pressure of like, am I measuring up to this arbitrary standard of what this grade means, what it should be? And I, I think that just creates sort of some latent anxiety in people that prevents them from necessarily achieving their their fullest potential shall i say it, it, do, you, do you get what i'm saying like that that fear of comparison yeah, yeah. no i definitely do because i actually mm -hmm. believe me I, we talk about schools a lot around, yeah. the, around this house but yeah. like a lot of it and i'm like and i feel like it's such like more focused now than it was when i was in school but i'm like maybe i'm wrong and i mm -hmm. just i remember it differently because I was the student and not the parent mm -hmm. but like now starting in third grade they start testing yeah. and the school they like drive it home that these kids need to make a certain grade on these tests so they're always like oh or they fail which nine times out of ten if you don't 
get the passing score on the test. They can't fail you. Like mm-hmm. your parent can say no mm-hmm. and you can go on. Cause I mean, there's some kids that are not good test takers and that's fine. Like, but a lot of times what they do, instead of focusing on like, you know, the kids learning things and like being enriched and having enough time, like, like physical activity and stuff, they like focus so mm-hmm. much on getting a good score for these tests. And it's because schools now those statistics is how they get funding. Yeah. And so if okay. you want funding, you need good test scores. And if you don't have good test scores, you're not getting funding. And so I'm like, I was like, it just causes like, like there's so many kids that I see now with like anxiety mm. and like depression. And a lot of it is from like the stuff that they're like having to get ready for the third grade SATs basically. <laughs> like, cause we, so my daughter goes to a charter school now and I do think that they do have to do some testing. I don't know if they do the exact same sure. kind as the county school, um, but it seems like it's a lot less stress. She doesn't yeah. seem stressed at school, which is nice. That's good. Yeah. But well, it's weird. Yeah, like, it's, it's very interesting. Why should the child feel stressed over whether the school is going to get funding or not? But it's because they're um, mirroring the anxiety felt by the staff of the school gets sort of um, implanted within the faculty, the teachers of like, uh, you, you better be uh, keeping these scores up. <laughs> and and yeah, that transfer, yeah, that transfers to the students. They put so well, and they put a lot of pressure on the teachers because like, okay, the first half of the year, you can kind of like loosely follow this curriculum. But the second half, you have mm-hmm. to completely do it exactly as we say, because these kids need to pass these freaking tests. <laughs> and it's just, it's so wild to me. <laughs> I'm like, it's so crazy. Cause I'm like, I don't know. I don't remember being like stressed about taking a test in third grade because that's, and you can opt out of it, mm-hmm. but technically if you opt out, they like not, not, I don't know. I've never done that, but based on other people's experiences that I've mm-hmm. heard, a lot of times they push back and they try to get you not to, because if your kid doesn't take it, cause they don't have to take it to pass. If your kid doesn't take it, it counts as a zero against their stats, Mm. which then, you know, lowers their test scores. But I'm like, I think it's just so arbitrary. Like, why are we setting metrics for schools? Yeah. Give them funding. The kids need to go to school and learn things. And it's mandatory. Why not give the school funding? It's wild. It's a wild concept. And that's why I'm not Mm. in education. (laughs) Yeah. Find a a better thing to tie to funding, you know, than than test scores. I mean, it's. I mean, you know, I mean, not every school should necessarily be getting the same amount and, and sometimes funneling more money to an underperforming um, organization isn't the solution. You know, you don't necessarily um, <laughs> you know, make the engine burn brighter by by just, you know, infusing more gasoline. It's not always the, the solution. You can you can drown out the flame by by just adding more gas uh but yeah like the the whole system of testing and i thrived as a kid because i was good at tests but i could see how that how my um propensity for testing could be inverted for a lot of kids and i and it clearly was you know there there are people who just really i think were um <laughs> very unenthusiastic about the idea of, of you know any time we had a test and i was like oh good an opportunity to raise my grade Whereas, <laughs> yeah. but i was yeah. in the, i was in the sharp minority <laughs> i realized that <laughs> yeah 
No. And I was like one of those, like, I was one of those, like, I don't know, sadists who was like, oh yeah, time test. Yeah. yeah. I love time tests. <laughs> yeah. I was one of those kids too. I love time tests. I love, I was like, oh yeah. Accelerated reading tests. Yeah. Let's do it all mm-hmm. here for the tests. But I like, it's crazy. Cause you're like, I read stories and it's like these kids, there's like, you know, eight-year-olds like going to the board of education and crying and talking about how they're like on anxiety meds and having mental breakdowns. And I'm like, they're eight. Mm-hmm. It's so crazy to me. And, yeah. and it, cause it starts at third grade. It's so it's wild. Yeah. They don't know what's going on because it's these emotions are being like incept, you know, <laughs> inception style, like implanted <laughs> in them by the adults that are in, in, you know, that are running the schools that, that, um, you know, are the authority figures at the schools, whether it be teachers or administration. Uh, and yeah, it it all, you know, works together to to make for a detrimental learning environment for, for these kids, unfortunately. So yeah, the, the way to get to optimal, the way to get optimal test scores, ultimately, if that's the metric that you're using, is to just forget about the fact that you're taking tests and, and just get these kids to learn stuff and if you happen to give them a test and they show a certain aptitude because they've actually been able to absorb information and retain it, then then great. Then you, sure, you can get you know your little bonus in in funding because your kids have shown that that they have um, you know <laughs> that they have done or that the school has done what it's supposed to do, which is um, you know provide these kids with the quality and education. But that does not yeah. come through the pressure of having to meet a certain standard. Yeah, well, it, I, I was saying to my husband, I was like, you know, it's probably they're just preparing them to go into a workforce where every a lot of jobs are metrics. And they're like, yeah, okay, oh, wait, yeah. how, how are you going to get this impossible metric? And they're like, I don't know, work harder. <laughs> Do more, work quicker. We automated mm. it, so it should be quicker. And I'm like, no, mm. we should be having fun. That's what we should be doing. We should be having fun. <laughs> yeah, you no, know, you're just setting a bar, and then all people, well, for the most part, people are just going to focus on the bar instead of focus focusing on the tools that allow them to reach the 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 acceptable stance. I can't freaking speak today. Sorry, my mind is, <laughs> you know, I don't know. It's it, whatever. But um, the uh, yeah, like the way that. Um, there, there are a few different analogies, but um, if you want to to thrive or succeed, you know, it's like um, I like this one of Phelps, Michael Phelps, the the swimmer, who you know, one of the most um, prolific Olympians uh, to ever uh, live. But the best you know, swimmer. he's the best swimmer, and. <laughs> He never paid attention to the scores of the racers, you know, the times of the swimmers around him. He was always just focused on beating his last time. So he wasn't, he didn't care about some arbitrary standard set for him. The only standard was what he could achieve. And I'm sure that came from just ignoring whatever, you know, thing was set before him as like, well, uh, <laughs> this is what it means to be a success. Because that's that's what I did. I, I would look at, okay, what does it take to get an A? 
And I'd be like, I would do the bare minimum to get that A. I'd be like, oh, great. I'm, I'm a perfect student. <laughs> I was like, no, You're no, looking that's... at me and all my A's. <laughs> I should have been focused on actually just trying to learn the material the best I could. Um, but that wouldn't have necessarily been reflected in my grades because um, <laughs> I would have far exceeded, uh, you know, the... Uh, <laughs> the grading scale that was available to me at the time and it would have been like oh, all this extra effort for no payoff <laughs> except it would pay off because i would have been a successful person in life <laughs> yeah but you can't tell a kid that there that's gonna go in one ear and right out the other but because i was the same way i'm like ooh, you mean i could do less and still get an a i'll take it <laughs> i could use that extra time for something else good Ugh. love that but the benefits are going to be just so much greater ultimately. I, I mean, yeah, I don't think, I think once you, you say that to a kid, you're automatically instilling in them some kind of point on the horizon, which isn't good. I, I think the kid, what the kid should be focused on is not some, some arbitrary point on the horizon, but perhaps just on the horizon itself and not as the first priority, what what kids should really be focused on is like the here and now, the present. And then if there is some, you know, vague goal or sort of image of what is possible in the future, you know, they can, you know, imagine that all they like. But all that is, is kind of a, like a guidepost and not not a fixed thing in any sense. Uh, the only thing that's fixed is, you know, the circumstances that you find yourself in at the present, the thing that's going to equip you the best to deal with what's going on at your present is, um, you know, forgetting all the stuff that, uh, you know, places pressure on you to, you know, meet some kind of expectation from somebody else. Yeah. And I mean, that's, I, that's kind of, I've tried to be like, I'm like, get good grades, but like, mm -hmm. if you're struggling, like let a girl know, but like, right. Luckily mm -hmm. my kid, huge nerd. And I love that for her. I don't want her to be worried about having friends and being like, cool. I, I mean, friends are good, but like, I'm like, don't, don't worry about being popular, be a nerd because you can be popular later. When you graduate, no one's going to care if you're popular. <laughs> Yeah, but she's like her her goal this year is to get into beta club and you have to have all A's to get into beta club. So that's like her thing. She's like, I need all A's. I have to have A's. And I'm like, OK, well, steady. I mean, and you're, she's in fourth grade. So I'm uh -huh. like, it's not that hard yet. I'm like, when you're in middle cool. school, if you're still getting all A's, high school, even better. I'm going to love that for you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we try not to like push on it because I'm like, as long as you're getting good grades, like decent grades. I'm not going to like hammer home that's like, oh, you have to have all A's. You don't get anything unless it's all A's. Yeah. I'm just like, oh, cool. You got all A's. Great. <laughs> Good. That's great. Mm -hmm. Yeah. The, you know, the Oscars are coming. It's like, you know, a lot of people have a sort of a goal to win an Oscar, you know, if they're not in there, you know, in the film industry. But, um, you know, if, if they think too much about the idea of winning an Oscar, and that's what's motivating them. It's probably not the best, you know, way to ultimately attain that Oscar. <laughs> uh, best. Well, and then there's just going to yeah. be like, there's going to be a big like Oscar bait movie. Like sometimes you can tell. I'm like, yeah. this was only made to try and win an Oscar. Yeah, you know, it's 
I don't know. Um, hopefully, before you get to the point of expecting these accolades, you know, you've achieved, you know, an initial dream of just wanting to do that thing that you love, which is acting or directing, writing. You know, you love the process. I was never someone who like learned how to really love the process or trust the process very well. I, I liked the result. <laughs> you know, I was, I was, uh, uh, yeah. yeah, I'm the same way. I'm impatient. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm like, uh, okay. Do I like at my old job? I was, I was hitting all my stats. I was like, okay, mm-hmm. when do I get promoted? What's the next step? Can I be a team yeah. lead? Come on, let's do something else. And they're like, oh, well we need to do no, no, no. Now <laughs> I'm doing the things. Give me the stuff. <laughs> yeah. I, I'm the same way. I'm very impatient when it comes to stuff like that. Well, um, I think uh, we'll probably wrap it up. This was fun. Uh, sorry if it's it's been a little bit uh, all over the place. Uh, imp- impenetrable, all over the place. Yeah, <laughs> I, these are just some things I had on my mind. That I, I was curious about, and I like that we talked about, you know, the the idea of hitting standards. And I, I just uh, it, it is something to me that um, it has just been so present in in my life throughout many stages. And is has been a big part of like why I will rapidly lose interest in certain things, um, because yeah, I feel like I'm I'm doing things for the wrong reason, um, <laughs> and or or the fact that I'm not you know at a point where I feel like I'm succeeding uh, according to some external metric, you know I've allowed that to interfere with my enjoyment of something as well. So that's, that's equally perverse. I would say, you know, I took to give up on something just because those external signs of progress aren't necessarily as apparent as you've maybe been told they, they ought to be. But if you love something, keep doing it. Eventually you'll probably, you know, see some results. So. Yeah, I, I, get out of my head. Cause I am <laughs> that way. I'm like, Ooh, was I not immediately good at that? Okay, I'm done. <laughs> I'm done. Yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna do something else. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I, I do want to hear more of your American Idol story at some point. Uh, you know, if you're not today oh, necessarily, yeah. but um, yeah. that, that's that's probably a whole saga, which would be fun to hear. Remember, I was at uh, uh, Disney World one time. I went to like their live uh, American Idol experience, so that was the closest thing I've ever, or so closest I've ever been to like you know, living the American Idol experience. Did you ever do oh, yeah. that? Were you at Disney World when that was there? So I, so when I did mine, it was in Orlando, but it wasn't at Disney. So I didn't get okay. to do the Disney one. Nice. Um, but yeah, it's like a whole thing. It's like a whole couple of days that you do not realize when you watch it on TV. It, yeah. it was it was fun. I met some cool people that I'm still like friends with on social media. So it was an interesting time in my life <laughs> at 17. Yeah, and I, apologies to the listener. I I've been throwing out a, a lot of like uh, ten dollar words here, and it's just something I do for fun. I do it to I, I people. I, I imagine I I don't read comments, or if they did, I don't get feedback on the show really because I don't promote it that much. But like, I could just see comments. You know, if <laughs> if this were shared to YouTube or something like. You, dude, you, you sound like you're trying to seem way smarter than you are. I'm not trying to impress anybody. I'm just trying to amuse myself because I, I enjoy language. And uh, Well, yeah. And I mean, practice. if I feel like 
<laughs> yeah, if you like those words and yeah. you want to use them in the way that you talk, like my husband's the same way. He loves linguistics and yeah. like words, and it, he he throws some words at me sometimes. I'm like, that's not a real word. And he's like, it is. It is a real word. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> yeah, I I uh, I try not to, or you know, I I try to use discretion. Yeah, uh, but sometimes I just kind of let let the filter uh, run loose a little bit. Um, yeah, just do what we all do. Google it. If you don't know what it means, sound it out and Google it. <laughs> it's my version of you know, using curse words as punctuation. <laughs> Instead, I just you know use big words and and oftentimes probably um, inappropriately, sort of like the um, Ben uh, or Ed Martin character in Glass Onion. <laughs> you you saw? I still Glass need to watch Onion. that. Yeah, no, okay. I need to watch it. I suck okay. because I. I'm waiting for Godfrey to have time to watch it. But here lately, we just like the little time we have at the end of the day, we're just like, all right, let's just veg out on some random YouTube videos because you don't have to commit to YouTube videos. Yeah. You can exactly. like passively listen to them in the background, which is what I, I know. Do, so. it's, it's a drug. It's the best $10. I, I hope Google doesn't hear me. Of course, my phone is here and, you know, but like it's going to hear you talking. <laughs> the best $10 I spend every month is the YouTube premium. <laughs> now I say that Google's yes. going to freaking raise my YouTube premium subscription cost. Yeah. I listened to a whole video earlier about how Lord of the Rings, like won like 17 Oscars or something crazy. Yeah. And it was like, yeah, they were just like, I don't know if they were trying to get Oscars, but they won so many Oscars. And I was like, oh, I didn't know that. I mean, I, when it first came out, I wasn't like really into it. And then it, like later I was like, oh, this is pretty interesting. But I'm not as into it as like my husband is. He's very much into it. Before getting on the podcast, <laughs> I was watching an hour long tech demonstration of an electric range. Why? You're just like, I just want to. This guy's so, his name's <laughs> Technology Connections. Uh, the his name's Alec. And he does reviews of like just various household implements and and. TVs, electronics, uh, AV components, uh, and, and that stuff is just—it's—it's it's like heroin for me on YouTube. Have you ever, if... have you ever watched uh, the Epicurious videos where the guy tests kitchen gadgets? Um, because I, mean, I, I love probably that. enjoy it. Yeah, I, you Epicurious. should watch it. He's amusing. He's mm -hmm. he's really funny because they have the videos where it's like, oh, this is a home cook. And like a middle experienced cook and then like a chef and they'll make mm -hmm. the same dish and they do it different ways. They do stuff yeah. like that too. But this guy, so he actually made like products and stuff. He was like, I guess he designed them and stuff when he was younger, but now for Epicurious, he like tests them and he gives them a rating. Like, is it actually usable? Is it just like kitschy? Yeah. Could someone who has like arthritis or disability use it? And he just looks at all these different things. And it, I was like, it's been really interesting because there's some things that I looked at online before that I've seen like, or like people try to influence me to buy on the internet. And he tests them and he's like, yeah, this is crap. Don't buy it. You you do it quicker just cutting it yourself. <laughs> yeah. I, you know, this guy was demonstrating the difference between a, an electric stove and a, a gas stove because gas stoves are kind of, I don't know, something having to do with, what's his name? The governor of georgia whatever gas stoves hot topic lately I mean, oh, yada yada really <laughs> kemp um, kemp is the governor of georgia uh, not georgia florida florida uh, okay San, oh that's DeSantis. 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 yeah there's there's something about gas stoves recently or whatever in the news oh uh, i missed that i i almost missed it but then 
don't know, somehow it popped up maybe in a YouTube video. People were talking about gas stoves. And then now this guy did a video on on gas stoves versus electric stoves. And I don't know. Uh, so, so I guess a way to drive um, the uh, analytics <laughs> being a, a topical uh, yeah. thing. Yeah. Yeah. He apparently proposed a tax break for gas stoves and baby formula. Okay. But a permanent tax break for gas stoves. Why? Oh, Why? I think in... Why? in new york or something it was proposed to to uh roll out like a ban on gas stoves or something um i mean it got overblown because it was just a ban on like the installation of new gas stoves mm. um, like you could have the one if you had it before that but yeah. like going forward no more yeah oh, okay i guess i can see that like it's funny because like i don't think i've ever lived anywhere that had gas but I do know, like, and I guess in Georgia, it's typically warm. Mm -hmm. So, like, I know a lot of places they have, like, gas heat and gas stoves. Like, I know there's some places in Atlanta. I have friends who live there, and they have gas. And I'm always, like, I would be so paranoid mm -hmm. about, like, carbon monoxide poisoning. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I would have, like, 100 alarms in my house because I'd be paranoid that yeah. I'm going to kill myself on accident. Um, I had a gas stove in but... LA. What? Yeah, and it's, yeah. I, I, I said Georgia instead of Florida because I was trying to think of the name of DeSantis. Uh, so Yeah, that's why you said that. And I was like, I missed it. I'm trying to talk while I'm thinking about something else. And then just the wrong word comes out. And that often happens. Like when I'm writing a comment on online or something, I'm usually thinking about other things. Or I'm thinking about how best to phrase this thing while I'm writing it out. And then I'll skip words. I'll skip articles or prepositions and so i sound like a non-native english speaker when i when i submit my comment i'm i'm missing words because in my head i said the words but when i actually typed them out if they weren't there it's like oh i oh, sound yeah. like an idiot <laughs> i do that via text and i'm like yeah. my bad you know what i meant <laughs> yeah texting is not as bad because i don't overthink those as, as much um but now I I think I've gradually trained myself to like, if I'm going to make a comment, first off, you got to think good and hard before you send a comment on anything nowadays, you know, or tweet. Because you're so, going to get dragged <laughs> yeah, all yeah, over I, the internet. I don't want to get posters <laughs> disease, but yeah, like, you know, I, I think I've sort of trained myself, sort of like I've trained myself to like check my car three times before shutting my door to make sure that I've haven't locked my keys in my door in my car um your car will lock if they're in there i it's a 2015 accord so yeah it's, okay. it still uses the classic key uh you know metal key um so Gosh, it is, it just, is possible did i just make a classist comment <laughs> no i mean <laughs> i'm just kidding i love no, my it's car funny i love my car yeah no i well my so my car before i have a crv now but it's a 2015 but it, it will not lock if your car if your key is inside because it has okay. the button so i can push the button and if i if the keys are inside it will not lock yeah um and like my rental car is like that too it won't it, but it, it's much newer it's like a 2021 something um yeah i drove a rental but my car. car before that yeah. yeah my car before that i have locked my keys in the car i had to call the locksmith so <laughs> that that button on the handle that unlocks it when the key fob is nearby is one of the best features i've ever had in a car because so often when i'm going to my car my hands are full of crap and uh and so it's like fumbling around for my key fob you know who knows what's going flying everywhere you know i'm having to pull my key from my pockets and all that 
So I I wish yeah I wish and that's my one modification I wish I could make to my car is a little button on the handle I could just press. Yeah, I I will say I am spoiled with that. Like if I had to go like get in a car with a key. Mm-hmm. <sighs> But the, the downside is that if the battery dies in the key, which mm. usually the car will tell you if the battery is dying, but if it dies, then you have to like actually open your car. You have to like take the key apart, enter it into the little hole. It's weird. Yeah. I was like, I will never let my key die. But the rental car, it has the automatic lift gate in the back. Okay. I, it, I want one so bad now. So it's basically, I can walk up like how you can just touch the button on the door you can just touch the thing and it opens automatically. I like, I don't like, I got all my groceries the other day and I closed it. And my husband was like, Oh, you got everything. Did you close it? And I was like, it closed itself. It's great. I'm, I want one so bad now. I'm like, I want to get a different car just for that automatic lift gate. It's so convenient. And you can like push the button and it'll open. So as I'm walking up to the car, it's already opening. It's great. Yeah. It's, It's a great thing. I am very much a proponent for automatic lift gates. Yeah. That being said, yeah. <laughs> now, so now, uh, all that to say, like, I, I, I think I've gotten in a habit of checking or uh, proofreading my comments, you know, at least three times before posting them. Um, that's me writing an yeah. email. I'm like, is it sassy? Let me read it a few times. Okay. It's not sassy. We're good. <laughs> I'm detecting excess amounts of sass. It sometimes it's hard because I like, I do, I like work with people's money and stuff and their payroll. And so sometimes I have to respond to them and I have to respond in a way that is not showing them my few, my true feelings. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and yeah. I'm just like per my last email and I'm like, Ooh, let me reword that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. One problem too, with like a lot of modern cars is like with, with those motorized doors, it's not necessarily healthy to just shut them manually like you would a, a traditional door. It's like those motors, what you know, whether they're being worn out or not, like they're they're gonna go bad eventually. Like whether it takes fifty years or twenty five, you know. So it's like, oh no, it, it takes with, with the newer cars. <laughs> yeah. It does not take that long. Yeah, because we actually had, so. yeah, we had a so my on my CRV, we had a parasitic draw on the battery. So my car was going dead once a week. And I was like, why? Apparently there was a problem with the door that the part that worked the automatic locks and everything. Um, There was something where it was causing that parasitic draw from the battery and killing my battery often Mm -hmm. enough to be annoying. I had to pay $600. Six hundred dollars yeah. for them to fix it, and I was like, "But apparently, it's a known problem with that yeah. year." And I was like, "That's dumb. Why is this not a recall?" Because they're like, "Oh, well, it's not going to kill you, so it's fine." Like, I I get the lift gate, but yeah, I think some new cars, even like the the driver door, you know, just the regular doors are motorized. And it's like, no, never. <laughs> get- no, no, no. Yeah. I'm like, no, let me open the door. But yeah, it was yeah. it was a very annoying time because I was like. Why does this door suck? Unless like, it's yeah, a, it was like six. Unless it's a gullwing door. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You're like get in this thing with style. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, I think that'll oh. do it. Yeah. Yep. Well, yep. I was going to ask you about The Last of Us. Did you watch it? Oh. Um, Have you? You know, maybe by next week I'll watch the first episode. Just. I haven't watched anything other than the first one. Mm-hmm. But I saw that Nick Offerman apparently is in the third episode and people right. said the third episode was the best episode so far. 
Okay. Well, maybe it'll suck me in. Yeah, he's good. Like he was in a show called Devs uh, a few years ago. It was really fun. It's like a weird sci-fi kind of minority report type. Of, yeah, it was, it was really good. Um, so uh, he he tends to lend a certain gravitas to whatever he's in. Uh, oh, yeah. I have not. I loved him. Have not seen, uh, have not seen Parks and Rec. <laughs> I don't know. It might be that you ship, the have ship may have to so. watch it. Oh no, no. There's always time. You need to watch it. Did you like? Did you watch The Office? I, uh, I'll maybe pick it back up, but I sort of fell off uh, my most recent attempt to get through it. Um, but I can always just pull up Peacock and resume my uh, viewing experience. I'm sure at any time. Um, it's been a few months. Yeah, Parks and Rec is like a less like it's funny, but it's has less cringe moments mm-hmm. than The Office. Like I like The Office. I've watched it many, many, many times. But there is like a certain point that you hit where it's like, okay, I don't really like this season. It's really after um Steve Carell left that I was like, eh, it kind of lost its way for a little bit. But Steve Carell, like sometimes his moments as Michael Scott are like cringy, and I'm like, ooh. Yeah. Like you get that secondhand embarrassment. And I don't feel like you really get that with Parks and Rec. Like okay. it's funny and a, I would say a bit more wholesome. Like sometimes they have some stuff that's like a little inappropriate, but it's all in good fun. Um, yeah. But like Leslie Nope, I love her. And then obviously him is Ron. They're just all, it's, it's a great show. It's really funny. I would recommend that over The Office. Yeah, The, the Office definitely, you know, it does offer something very unique. Uh, I mean, I feel like, you know, why the office was so, was so successful is because people felt like they've they know people in their lives who are like this <laughs> and they've lived it yeah. so it's like the schadenfreude of these these people just being in the, the most outrageous situations uh, and getting certain i don't know comeuppance but uh yeah it, it's uh sometimes just loading up some of these apps uh, it's like i just don't even remember they're there I finished that one eight bit or no, no uh, high score, high score documentary mm. we brought up last week. I had actually yeah. gotten most of the way through it and just like gave up in the middle of one episode and never went back to it, which is weird. It's a good show. Uh, but uh, you're like, yeah, I'm done. I'm done. I don't want to watch anymore. <laughs> that's just how I am sometimes with streaming series. Uh, just my they don't hook me as much as my my YouTube drip. Uh <laughs> And well, it's because you with YouTube, you don't have to dedicate as much time. I feel like like you can very easily watch a 20 minute video or even a five minute video over like, you know, committing eight hours to a whole series or two hours to a whole movie. The interface. And you can kind of. Yeah. yeah and you can like passively watch. Like there's plenty of times that I'm doing other things while it's playing in the background. A, a lot of streaming apps don't let you just you, put your phone in um standby and and just listen to stuff whereas i can do that with youtube with my premium um you know if i hit my you know standby button on my phone and it, you know turn the screen off throw in my pocket i can listen to a youtube video like it's a podcast um so it's just it's so easy to just pick it up and and turn on the app uh, like nothing <laughs> yeah so. I, like i don't have to have a bunch of apps like on my phone because i do the same thing mm-hmm. i don't have premium but I do just leave my screen on and put it in my pocket. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm like, mm, it's fine. Hopefully it doesn't change anything if I move. 
Because yeah. I'll do that because I'm like, you know, I'm cleaning and running after a kid half the time and walking the dog. And so I'm like, yeah, if I don't have any podcasts that I'm listening to, I'll just mm-hmm. turn on a YouTube video. Yeah, you can multitask on your phone doing YouTube. You can navigate away from the app. Whereas with like Netflix or other apps, I think it always has to be open or you mm-hmm. at least have to minimize the screen or something. And it's like it just um, if I. Yeah, if you turn off the yeah. screen, it will turn off the app. It'll Yeah. So some of these documentaries Ooh. that are probably good to just multitask to on uh, Netflix, you know, it's, but anyway, yeah. What are you saying? Oh, I, sorry. I completely just remembered. Yeah. Um, Cause we were talking about streaming. Uh, the Mandalorian is coming back in March. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, I was like, that's Disney. <laughs> <laughs> I, we've done a couple episodes on Mandalorian. My brother was kind enough to chat with me about uh, that series. Um, I think maybe one episode on Mandalorian, one on Book of Boba Fett that we've done. Oh, whoa, Dinjar. Whoa. Yeah, cool. I got my little Bobbles. bobblehead okay. of the Mandalorian without his mask. Yeah. And the baby. And then I also have <laughs> oh, wow. it's a Valentine's oh, wow. version of uh, Grogu <laughs> eating a cookie. Because nice. he's cute. <laughs> Very fun. So yeah, that that'll be exciting. I mean, um, hopefully they just continue to escalate the uh, the action and intrigue on that show. Yeah, streaming. You know, hopefully that business bot- model doesn't crash like what's it called? Uh, movie Pass or or WeWork <laughs> in a similar vein. Yeah. <laughs> No, and that's like, that's the one thing with streaming is that sometimes like, when they see one thing do well, I feel like they make a bunch of those things. And then sometimes I get like kind of burnt out on specific types of streaming, like shows. Mm-hmm. I'm like, mm, like, I really in the last year, I've kind of moved over to podcasts yeah. and less shows. Occasionally, I'll turn on a documentary, like if I'm like cleaning up a certain room, I'll turn a documentary on the TV, but I'm not watching it. Mm-hmm. And so I'm like, yeah, like, I hope I didn't really like Boba Fett very much. Okay. I didn't really like that show. I wasn't a fan. I mean, it but was I do short, like Mandalorian. So it was easy to get yeah. through. Yeah, like I think we watched like three episodes, and then I was like, "Yeah, I'm good." It was kind of like high score. I just never came back to it. You, you have to though, if you. <laughs> oh, do I have are, to? Um, because it's not strictly about Boba Fett. You realize, okay. um, partly through the, I think it's like episode five or six. It takes a hard turn back to Din Djarin and and okay. uh, yeah, I don't want to spoil anything, but yeah, I'll have to I'll have to pick it back up then. Mm-hmm. I probably will watch it more passively than I was watch like actually because I actually watched both seasons of The Mandalorian. Mm-hmm. But yeah, Boba Fett, I just couldn't get into. I was like, I'm just not into this. I don't know why. It, I'm like, I just yeah, didn't care. It, I was just like, eh. it's kind of uh, innocuous. I didn't need it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it just wasn't my thing. So mm-hmm. I'll have to watch it. it Especially if they're going to tie any of it into the Mandalorian, just so I'm not like confused when I'm like, "What is this? What are we watching?" Yeah, I'll I'll watch anything Star Wars as long as it's not like a total. Uh, I don't know. I, I I'm I have a high tolerance for Star Wars um, as long as it's not like um, holiday special level cheap or bad. <laughs> so. Uh, I, I just like to, you know, like I've mentioned on previous episodes, I just like to live in, in these worlds. Um, and if I don't necessarily agree with some of the creative decisions, I can come up with excuses in my own mind as to, uh, you know, why it's it's maybe not clicking as much as uh, as it could be. 
and I'll I'll just come up with like little explanations for things that uh, that don't quite connect. Be like, oh well, uh, <laughs> um, uh, they developed a certain new kind of technology that allows them to uh, to do this thing, or I don't know. This is a uh, this this uh, character was just feeling a little bit depressed that day, and so uh, <laughs> it, it just was wasn't, wasn't wasn't as compelling to watch on screen. Uh, yeah, I, and I I just listened to a video earlier. I think it was before the Lord of the Rings video, yeah. and it was he was basically doing like a ranking of the different movies. And he was like, a lot of people didn't like that. They're like the most recent star Wars. Um, Rise of Skywalker. Yeah. 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 I was like, I can't remember the, the name of it, but the most recent one, he was like, a lot of people didn't like it. And he was like, but you know, he was like, I like star Wars, so I can get past it. Mm-hmm, <laughs> he, was like, he was like, I liked it just fine. He was like, some people hate it and some people love it. And you know, mm-hmm. if you don't like it, you can get past it if you like Star Wars, which I liked it. Mm-hmm. I liked the new Star Wars movies, so could yeah. be not in a popular opinion. I don't know. Yeah, um, I, I got to go on, but like, uh, we'll get into the, some some of these fandom yeah. related we'll, topics. We'll talk about some of it later. Uh, <laughs> yeah, but like fandom obsessiveness too. It's like um, I I'll, I'll never allow myself to get to that point of like rage. <laughs> that because uh, to me that's just um, it's a sign of. <laughs> sort of a diseased mind uh when it comes to these i mean what we're, we're talking about entertainment so yeah. um there's no no use getting upset over any of this stuff but anyways yeah, it's uh, not that serious <laughs> it's uh it's uh it was good to chat and uh we'll reconnect next time on the thawed cast um we've got some we've got to cover some of these oscar noms i know for the animated features so uh, stay tuned for that. Uh, in the meantime, Bridget, uh, can people find you online anywhere? Sure. Uh, you can find me on Instagram. It's Bridget. That's Bridge with a T, 5246. Uh, awesome. Well, you have a, a great night. Find the Thoughtcast at Thoughtcast.com. I'm streaming everywhere, uh, pretty much. And uh, <laughs> at Philip Elke on Twitter and Instagram, you can find me. You're always Philip Elke of the Thoughtcast. Thoughtcast is on Twitter and Instagram at Thoughtcast. Um, well, uh, ne- until next time, you all have a wonderful week. Have a magical day. Warm hugs. Bye.